look at those websites or companies you want to write for, see what they're putting out there and create your own content. Like you don't need, you can put it on Medium, you can put it anywhere. Hello, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the First Hustle Then Brunch podcast. I'm your host, Jazzy, and today we're giving you an introduction to the world of freelance writing. Whether you're an aspiring wordsmith or a seasoned writer looking to take your craft to the next level, this episode is for you. We'll explore what freelance writing is all about and why it has become one of the most sought after side hustles today. But freelance writing doesn't have to just be another side hustle. Today's guest, Lauren Ward, has been a freelance writer for 10 years. It started out as a side hustle and has since turned into a six-figure business. She primarily focuses on personal finance content and has had her work featured in major publications such as USA Today and Fox Business. Keep listening as we discuss how freelance writing can allow you to express your creativity, work on your own terms, and earn some extra income. Hey, Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jazzy, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Looking forward to learning about freelance writing. Yeah, it's a great side hustle or full-time job as I've turned it into, so I'm excited to share my experience. Yeah, that's awesome. So before we get into more details, can you explain what is freelance writing and what can you write about as a freelancer? Yeah, great question. So there are a lot of um, types of gigs that fall under the freelance writing category. I focus on content writing, which is more long-form blog posts. So anything you might read from a company or Google and come up on a website to find the answer to your question needs to be written. And a lot of companies and media websites use freelance writers. But you can also write website copy, um, like sales and marketing copy for companies, um, product descriptions on sh- online shop pages, newsletters. There's all kinds of stuff that fall into the category. Okay. Yeah, that was a lot. A lot more than I even <laughs> kind of thought about. Um, I knew content. I've had copywriters helped me with blog posts before yeah and sales pages and that sort of thing but even down to product descriptions that's yeah that's pretty cool if you read it online or you know even in your mailbox then somebody's writing it Mm -hmm. yeah so how does your income vary based on the type of content that you're writing oh that's a great question so um for blog posts most projects usually are at a per word rate or you know, sometimes you might just do a fixed rate for that fee. I don't do hourly most of the time. Um, So depending on your experience level and the type of industry you're writing in, you know, it can vary by word, but usually you want to be making probably a couple hundred or a few hundred dollars on um, a blog post. Whereas if you're writing short form copy, like for email or landing pages, you usually charge more because even though the word count is fewer, you usually have to do a lot more research and brand voice work with the client, which can be time consuming. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So I guess you mentioned a few, what other factors would you consider when you're setting your own rates? Yeah. I think a lot of it depends on the client and the work scope that they're giving you. So if they're providing you with a blog outline, then that takes a lot of time off your plate to, to have to write it. So maybe that would, um, you would charge a little bit less for that. But if you're starting everything from scratch or need to find experts to interview on the phone, you know, that usually commands a higher rate. Yeah. Makes sense. So what are some of the best ways to market your services? 
Oh my gosh. So I don't even have a website for my um, <laughs> freelance writing. Oh, that's that's good. That's very inspiring because you say that you are, have now built a six-figure business without a website. So That's true. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. But so there are two platforms that I do use. I use um, Contently to host my portfolio, my writing portfolio. So you can just add links to places you've been published. Or if you don't have any writing samples yet, you can just launch your own blog and write on there to give potential clients an idea of your writing style. And then I have a um, LinkedIn profile that I've optimized kind of for my, um, you know, areas of expertise where I get work through there as well. I have not jumped on the social bandwagon, social media bandwagon a lot for um, client work. Um, I've been chatting with freelance writers a lot on there more recently. But for me, I think LinkedIn is the has for me been the best place to find quality clients and not necessarily through posting, but just with making those connections and giving little shout out messages, searching for people who are looking for freelancers. I think that has just been a phenomenal resource the last couple of years and it's growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For this business, it seems like networking might be the best, best yeah. choice here. Yeah. Yeah. And as you grow a client base, you'll get referrals to like the, you know, people who are content managers or marketing managers have other friends in the industry that they network with. And, and that's a great way to get new clients too. And it doesn't really take much. Yeah. So I know you mentioned there's so many different types of writing that you could do. Is there a particular rule around niches or can you do, you know, a variety of different content across niches or is it best to like, I guess, stick to one? Stick to one. Yeah. That there's a, there's a lot of opinion about that <laughs> among freelance writers and you'll find people who are in both camps as extremists. I'm probably more in the middle. So I market myself as a personal finance freelance writer, but I definitely write about other things, especially one type of client you can get are content marketing agencies. So they kind of offer companies the full package of SEO keyword research and the visuals and the writing. And so with those clients, I often get into the agency writing about personal finance, but then they tap me for other stuff and I'm happy to do it if I find it interesting and you know, not totally out of my wheelhouse. So I write about other things and I think you can kind of do what you want. Or you might have like a type of your, like your ideal client who isn't necessarily in a niche, but maybe like, I want to work with small business women owners and, you know, work on their landing page content, or I want to work with um, retailers who sell this type of thing. So you can niche down in different ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know you mentioned that you kind of link to your work on a separate website. Is that the best way you think to build a portfolio or can you, do you have any other tips for what you should include in a portfolio as far as your freelance writing? Yeah, I think you should create samples of the type of work you want to write about. So if you want to write for a parenting magazine or blog, you could create your own blog about that on your own website. Um, as you, you could guest post for free when you're just getting started and want to show that you have credible, you know, credible samples on another website. And then once you get those external links, you can put them on a portfolio hosting platform, like Contently is the one that I use. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's ton of, tons of like gig platforms like Upwork and Fiverr where you can dig and find good paying jobs or just start with a low paying job just to get that experience and then build up from there. Yeah. So you would say that it's okay to, you know, start with some of those 
gigs on Upwork or Fiverr? That's how I did. Yeah, I okay. was. I started after I had my first baby, and I quit my full time job. My husband was an English teacher, and um, oh, nice. I just wanted to make some extra cash. Yeah, I just started. As a side you guys can hustle. work together. You can edit now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He actually is a writer now too. Yeah, um, and so um, that's how I started. Just and but at the beginning, I was like, "How do you make real money at this?" you know, $50 a blog or $25 a blog, you know, it feels like mm-hmm. it's, this is going to take forever. And it does like, you kind of <laughs> have to continually be increasing your rate when you're in those new areas and just have the confidence to do it. Or, you know, whether you're starting with a financial goal or the goal to build your portfolio, that can help you figure out when it's time to, to keep applying and, and find new clients. Yeah. I was going to ask how you took this business from a side hustle to now a six figure business. Are you working like 24 seven or Not anymore? There <laughs> what were, does there it have look been like? moments. Yeah, yeah. There have been moments where it has felt like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think when you hit a plateau in your income, it's time to just pitch. Like I, I have like two things. It's two stories I can tell. I guess there's like the story of turning it from side hustle to full-time business, but then turning it from a really burnout business into sustainable six figure yeah, business. Yeah, let's hear both. Okay, so I'll start with turn going from side hustle to full time. So I've been doing it a few years, and I felt like I could make more money if you know I had more time. My husband was teaching English, and he was kind of, um, you know, public school teaching is difficult, and we mm-hmm. were having kids, and there wasn't a lot of family time. So I was like, hey, how about when you're on summer vacation, like let's both freelance and see if we can make enough money to like cover your salary and we did and like split up the time with the kids and so he quit his job that summer and we just kind of ran with it from there so that's what happened um but it was still very stressful and like you said a lot of working and um but there was a moment when I actually lost an anchor client, like out of the blue, they stopped needing work. And I was like devastated. I was like, what am I going to do? But that was the catalyst I needed to really think about it as a business and start networking with people. Like I realized I was charging way too low. Um, I just didn't really understand um, the different types of clients that I could get. So I reached out. That's when I started with the FinCon group. I know you're in there and um, went to FinCon and just listened to some great freelance writers, speakers, um, took a course. Like I really invested in learning mm-hmm. how to build it as a business. And that was yeah. a game changer. Yeah. So now do you limit the number of clients you have or how do you kind of manage your income and your time? Yes, that's a great question. Um, I, so I have an income goal every month. Like this is the minimum I need to meet. And mm-hmm. um, I have an ongoing, you know, book of clients that are pretty stable. Like they have recurring work every month, but I like to have a little bit of a buffer. So my blog, my, my goal is usually to write two or three blogs a day. And I know I can hit my income goal by doing that. Oh my gosh. Um, But I'm always like, (laughs) I started with a blog and it was like a struggle for me to get one blog a week. (laughs) Oh yeah. But I write about the same stuff all the time. So it's like, I know the sourcing and I know the information. Like, I think that's one of the benefits of choosing a niche is because you can get really efficient with your time. True. Yeah. Yeah. I also always keeping an eye out for context clues or like asking if work is going to slow down because you need to kind of get ahead of that in order to fill that gap in your schedule. Um, you know, and not like losing a lot of income. I do, I do like to diversify, you know, I, mm-hmm. I have quite a number of clients that I'm maybe not doing huge amounts for each one, but I just feel safer if three people dropped in a month 
then I would still feel comfortable. Yeah. 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 That's helpful. I always tell people, no matter what you're doing, diversify, you need multiple yes. streams of income or multiple sources, you know, yeah. coming in. So yeah, that's really it's smart. great advice. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I learned so, that from experience <laughs> the hard way. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm probably all of us have. So yeah, yes. it happens. <laughs> Definitely. So what are some common mistakes that new freelance writers make and how can they avoid them? I think one common mistake is not pitching enough. So if you're in a rut and you're like, why am I not making more? I see people online who are like, how do you get to that five or six figure level consistently? And I think it's really, if you are unhappy with a rate or the amount of work, I mean, you got to be pitching three to five times a day. I think that's the advice I got that really changed things. And then when you have that extra workflow, you're allowed to be pickier um, because you're, you're kind of more financially confident at that point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know you mentioned that you took some courses and got more, Mm -hmm. you know, involved in the financial community. Yes. How did you learn how to pitch effectively? And like, is there a certain resource that you would recommend people look into? Yeah, the course I took, I'm not sure if she's still selling it, but it was Earn More Writing with Holly Johnson. Do you know her? I don't. Okay. So she, it was just a couple hundred dollar course. I mean, you make it up with one blog post, but there are other options out there. I mean, there's tons of resources. um, And it's really, I think, just helpful to, you know, you're searching for the kind of jobs that you want. I really find LinkedIn to be the best place to find people who are posting opportunities just within their feed, not even with the job post. Um, Mm -hmm. But there are all kinds of people now who are doing like newsletter roundups and job board roundups to make those resources in more in in one kind of streamlined place mm-hmm. in the course I think being really direct in your in what you're asking for and what you're offering and also being really specific depend like based on what the individual accepting pitches is is looking for you know like I think people can tell if you're just doing a copy and paste copy and paste mm, whether it's yeah. a cold pitch or like a, a call for right bloggers or writers I think people can tell. Yeah, um, so personalize it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I send really relevant writing samples if I have them, or I just like kind of explain why I, I think I'm a good fit for that specific project. And I think that mm-hmm. attention to detail really helps. Yeah. How far out are you booking since you're pitching, you know, a few times a day and then you're also writing at least a few blog posts a day? Are you, do you have like a backlog? <laughs> Is there a waiting list? Yeah, How does that work? Um, well, I, so I'm not really actively pitching right now because I'm pretty full. But yeah, okay. I'm usually booked out two to three weeks. And okay. that's with assignments. I mean, I, like I said, I, I think it's really easy. I think it's easier when you have recurring clients who just need blog posts every month and you're pretty confident they're going to send you assignments. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're, say, doing um, website landing page copy, like copywriters can make a lot of money. Like I see their packages. I'm like, wow, that looks great. Maybe I should get into that. But I think you're constantly looking for new clients because it's just a one-time thing. True. So for me, like that's not my favorite part of working. The writing part is, um, and like learning about these topics that I'm writing about. So for me, I like my business model better, but for other people, like they love that hunt. They love finding these new small businesses to work with and do the landing page. And I'm sure you can upsell email marketing, social media and all that good stuff. There's just so many different Mm -hmm. business models you can choose from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's one good thing about this side hustle. I feel like there's so many different avenues you can go into. Yeah. And I started just um, like when my baby was napping, I'd 
you know, work on something. Or then when it started to get a little bigger, my mother-in-law would come over on Friday afternoons and babysit and I could write. You know, it's like really, mm-hmm. if you're starting as a side hustle, you just pick those pockets of time that you're consistent with to work on and it'll just snowball from there over time. Yeah. No, I think this has been super inspiring because you've built this very successful business and you already mentioned you had very little social media presence, no website. And those are all the things that people tell you nowadays that you need. So yeah, yeah you're yeah, proving that. that's not the case. I'm sure it helps, I think. But I think what it comes down to is the writing samples. So just look at those websites or companies you want to write for, see what they're putting out there and create your own content. Like you don't need, you can put it on Medium, you can put it anywhere. Um, and then you've mm-hmm. got, you know, the right kind of samples for what they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So what tools or resources do you use as a freelance writer to do your job? Hmm, I use Google Docs, my laptop. <laughs> you don't need yep, to get started. That's with pretty much, much it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, pay, you know, payment payment stuff. I usually just do ACH or PayPal. I know if you like put a website, you can put payment details on there. Um, like I'm starting to use invoicing software just to make that. But normally I was just doing a PDF invoice. I mean, mm-hmm. I kept it basic for a long time and now maybe I'm just looking at social media too much. I'm like, oh, maybe I should do something more <laughs> with the administrative side. Yeah. No, but that, again, just tells how easy it is to get started. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I think everyone pretty much these days has access to Google Docs. So yeah, pretty exactly. simple. Very simple. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So what are some pros? I mean, I guess you kind of mentioned several pros of being a freelance writer. Are there any cons that you'd like to mention? Oh, sure. There's lots. So (laughs) time management is one. Like a lot of people feel like it's that feast or famine um, mode, you know, when it's times of economic uncertainty. I I feel good this time around this past six months or so, you saw these layoffs and I was kind of worried about people scaling back and didn't have too much with that. Remember when COVID hit, I was really nervous and we, like my husband and I just worked nonsense. We said yes to everything because we were so afraid that it yeah. was just all going to fall. And it didn't. It just, people needed to get digital content out and communication to their audience. So that didn't hurt. But I guess um, there are fluctuations and you there are so many things out of your control with when a client, or even when an editor goes on vacation and then you just don't have work for two months because they went on vacation and they're backlogged and they're catching up. Um, I said, that's a con. And then I guess just trying to find that work-life balance, especially when you're getting started and things take longer and, you know, you want to get to whatever your income goal might be, whether it's part-time or full-time type of income. Um, I think that's a con. Yeah. I mean, those are pretty common with other side hustles too. Yes. I should say this. This is like a mantra I have to say to myself all the time. Like (laughs) you will, you get feedback all the time from editors or uh, managers, you know, you're kind of getting your work assessed all the time so I just have to remind Mm -hmm. myself I have thick skin like I just say that to myself I don't need it I have it I'm having now like 10 years of yeah you know red comments in a google doc (laughs) but when you're newer it can feel like oh I suck I'm a terrible writer like you're probably not it might just be personality thing or maybe it's a learning opportunity Mm -hmm. yeah I guess that is one uh piece that is unique to something like this where you're like constantly getting feedback, constantly yeah. getting criticism for what you're yeah. doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. you'll find like the right clients who just like your style and you can run with it. But sometimes right. it's yeah. just part of it, you know, it, and yeah. I have to put the ego aside and be grateful and learn from it and not be offended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because most of the time, and I've worked with freelance writers before, most of the mm-hmm. time it's just like getting that voice right. You know, I want to make sure it sounds like me or, you know, it just fits what my audience would be expecting from me, that sort of thing. So right. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah especially like nothing personal on that writer. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So how does somebody get started as a freelance writer? So I think the first thing to do is create some writing samples, or maybe you're in a content full-time job at a company and you have some, you know, mm-hmm. but just um, kind of having some links or samples that you can send to potential clients. And then it's just time to look for opportunities. So you can look for job postings. As I said, I like LinkedIn because a lot of times content managers and editors just post within their network that they need writers. Um, I know people the people put out call for um, pitches on like Twitter and whatever uh, other social media. Um, you yeah. know, maybe if you want to do more story type stuff where like you're coming up with the idea and like here's you know, like more of a journalistic or storytelling approach. It's not like my favorite thing to do, but a lot of people love that and have successful mm-hmm. careers doing that. But those are the places that you can start. Or like we were talking about the um, freelancing platforms and just getting some history there and reviews and, and, a, and a byline. If you can get a, something that has your name on it on the website, that's always helpful. Yeah, wait, what's sure a byline? So that's when it has like your picture <laughs> and your name underneath the article title. You're not okay. ghostwriting or like published by this team. It's your gotcha. name on it. So you can kind of validate yourself more. Yeah. So one of the last questions I always ask my guests is what is the most important lesson you've learned when it comes to entrepreneurship that you wish you had learned sooner? Don't put all your eggs in one basket. (laughs) (laughs) Like we talked about, diversification is so important. You know, if you have, if you're relying on one or two clients, and one or two clients suddenly have a budget freeze, what are you going to do? You're you're going to be hustling real hard to make up that Mm -hmm. income. So that was a a lesson I learned in real time, and had you know like the whole, I don't know, (laughs) what do you got like um. What do you call like a nervous breakdown? No. Oh my gosh. <laughs> breakdown, but like, Stop. you know, those moments are just like, what am I doing? I mean, yeah. Hey, it I should go to the get a real of, job. Most of us. Yeah. <laughs> and just stick with it. Is your husband still freelance writing? Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. That's awesome. And we, so we homeschool our kids. And yeah, it's really fun. It's, it's nice because your partner kind of understands what you're doing too. Because, yes. you know, and a like, lot of people you give struggle with this, that. Yeah. And you give each other those pep talks. We're like, am I a bad writer? I got all this feedback. Yeah. Probably not. Is he in the same niche as you? He is a little adjacent, but but similar. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Look at you, power couple over here. Yeah, it's fun. (laughs) It's really like just trying to create the life we want and Yeah. You know. That's awesome. Well, um, this has been great. Where can people find you if they want to learn more or just connect with you? Mm-hmm. Um, so my website is writewithlauren.com. I also post um, freelancing advice on Instagram. Um, at the same handle, and I'm always happy to co- uh, connect on LinkedIn. It's, I think it's a good thing to grow your network on there and kind of see what people are commenting on and chatting about on LinkedIn in the freelancing world as well. Yeah, LinkedIn, I feel like, is blowing up. There's so many more influencers on there and just yep. lots of things happening, more than just, oh, post your resume and make connections for your job. So. Yeah, and I think because it's sort of been the underrated platform, that if you post and you're active, like your stuff really gets promoted on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They probably love that. Place. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you so much. Oh, thanks, Jazzy. This has been really fun. Thanks for tuning in to the first Hustle Then Brunch podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or learned something new, I'd love if you subscribed and left us a review. 
Another way to support the podcast is to take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your Instagram story. Tag me at First Hustle Then Brunch so I can repost it. Thank you so much for supporting the show and I'll see you in the next episode. 